Welcome to The Big Deal with Glenn Ferris, episode 66. Today I've got Nick Bagarpour, who is the president of DMAC, which stands for the Denton Music and Arts Collaborative. Nick is a great guy, salt of the earth. We have known each other for several years. He's a big fixture in the Dan's family, and this past February, when we were out at the Big Bender, I got to take him into the park where... We did the window trail, we ate at the lodge, and we saw a black bear and some javelinas, and it was so awesome. It was so much fun for me to share that, and recalling that trip has given me the motivation to head out there next week, maybe do the OML again, and just spend some time in the desert after the move, everything, getting out into the suburbs. I just need to decompress out there in the wildlife. So I love this conversation. Nick's a guy who I really took for granted, actually, being able to just see him out and about and hang out pre-plague. So this is a great conversation. Uh, We get to catch up. We get to chat about beards, how he got to Denton, how awesome Little Guys Movers is, how awesome the Big Bender is, Crystal Bridges, his new job at Bunch Bikes, our post-pandemic restaurant reviews, uh, the Denton Music and Arts Collaborative, of course, and how horrible insurance is today. I got a pretty good apolitical rant in there, and we get to tell the hilarious tale of the year my tent got blown all over Marathon, Texas. Go check out DMAC Denton, that's D-M-A-C Denton.org, and hit that donate button. It's so easy. In fact, go ahead and become a recurring donor. You can do that. $10 a month, $20 a month, $200 a month. It is such a great cause uh, because it helps people who need insurance get it. It helps the the people who make Denton what it is, uh, the musicians, the artists. It helps those folks get insurance. Uh, That's D-M-A-C Denton, dmacdenton.org. Go check it out, and then go check out glennferriscommercial.com, where I've got some show notes. Check out all the other episodes. There's some good ones in there. And as always, I hope you find this podcast helpful. And if you do get on your podcast subscriber, whether it's Apple Pods or Spotify or Overcast or whatever you use, I don't know what you use, go ahead and hit subscribe. Impress your friends. Tell them about it. Thank you so much for listening. Now give it up for my friend, Nick Bagarpour. Nick Bagarpour. Man, it's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. How's your day been? Yeah, good. Good? It's always good. That's good. Can you hear yourself okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good hot mic. Hot mic. Yeah, for a hot man. <laughs> <laughs> Got that manly beard happening. It's yeah. very ditton, very dittany beard. I think it's about due for a trim. I mean, it gets to a certain point where you wake up and most of it's in your mouth. It's getting to that point. That's rough for me. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Gotta, gotta but then start over. Every time I shave it off completely, <laughs> almost immediately, I'm like, why on why on earth did i do that oh wow why did i get rid of my beard do you do like the the goatee the half beard the all the Uh, different yeah sometimes i I mean that's fun it's it's very rare that i shave it all off anyway yeah especially 
uh, you know, now that I'm in my early forties, the whole double chin thing is a thing. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's one of the main reasons that when I shave it off, I'm yeah. like, Oh God, oh, why man. did I shave oh, it off? That's there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I have no chin and two chins at the same time somehow, man. <laughs> awesome i always feel good when it's gone it's like it's like taking a bath yeah it after, feels good it's it's for me it's not the question of how it feels it's what what i look like whenever i look in the mirror and i just uh when i've got a beard i feel a lot more confident yeah. <laughs> about how i look than i do when i don't have a beard <laughs> that makes sense it does make sense it's like my security blanket for my face yeah yeah i understand that I understand that man it's like the uh you walk into dan silverleaf and you'll find a bunch of real healthy beards mm-hmm. it's super denton yeah for sure it is and it's it's almost like a thing that has hung on in denton mm-hmm. i think more so than you know like there was definitely that period where beards were a trend and we were sort of ahead of that but yeah, we've like okay. it's stayed you know what i mean like there were yeah. beards were a trend everywhere right yeah but it started in Denton a little before the trend kind of got really big and it just hasn't stopped. And we like, never gave it up. It's yeah. the one thing we were ahead of the curve on. <laughs> Everything else we're behind, but yeah. on beards. Keep, the whole keep Denton beard thing is real. Keep Denton beard. Yeah, that was yeah. a couple of t-shirts. Cody, yeah, Cody Robinson made yeah. those, I think, yeah. way back in the day. Secret headquarters era. Yeah. You've been in Denton for a while, though, right? I moved here on my 25th birthday in 2004 so january oh, okay. early january 2004 yeah but so, uh how did you get here you had family here or what um was the deal i do have roots here yeah okay but it's like that that was unrelated and oh, i okay. didn't really know like fully understand that until i moved here so why'd you um, move here i moved here because i grew up in wichita falls yeah so that so one there's one reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not an option to stay yeah yeah um I had a lot of friends that went to UNT. Uh, oh, okay. Like good friends, like my best friends. Um, and so I came here a lot on the weekends to hang out with them. They lived at this party house on Bernard Street. Yeah. Uh, Who are your that friends? That is no longer there. Uh, do you know Matt Preston by any chance? That sounds so familiar. He's uh, he's the principal at Cross Oaks Elementary, actually. Okay. Um, he's still here. What bands? He was in a band called Element OP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good band. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people in that band. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like eight people. Uh, Brad Steiger. Do you know Brad Steiger? I don't remember. He's, I don't the, remember the, he's the manager the of Little Guys here in Denton. Okay. Um, oh, the yeah. Denton branch. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know Brad. Brad and I lived together for like seven or eight years. Man, shout out um, to Little Guys. They helped us move. Dude. Last week. Little guys is awesome. They are incredible. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible. One of the most was not expecting it, but it was one of the most stressful days of my life. Uh, and I wasn't even part of the move. Mm-hmm. I, I w- like I was just witnessing it. Alyssa stayed at the apartment and like managed the the movers, and I was like up here, like well, I got to pay for this somehow, you know, sort of attitude. Right. <laughs> but I was like broke out in high. I was I was a mess. I was a wreck. Um but little guys being awesome and doing what they do so well and moving all of our freaking boxes oh, yeah. and being so cool and chill about it and just being they're pros, man. Oh man. I mean, they really are. Oh man. They're incredible. Did you ever work for them? 
I didn't believe it. Well, that's amazing. No, I never worked directly for little guys. And Brad worked his way up and now he's managing. Heck yeah, man. (laughs) The shop. I remember, I mean, Brad and I were roommates when he first started working for little guys and he worked his way up to crew leader. Yeah. And then he worked his way up to, you know, shop manager. Yeah. And I'm just so proud of Brad. That's awesome. And those, (laughs) man, those kids got after it and they were young and there was like the kid, the crew guy like Mm -hmm. in charge and it's like man like go get it kid yeah yeah those guys are solid and i mean if you're if you're not on top of it and you're not good at at being professional and working yeah you don't last very long at little guys one of the best companies we've got homegrown yeah little guys absolutely they they got locations in like every college town you can think they, of yeah 20 something locations I are think. you serious wow. yeah including their fran- there's some franchises in there wow um, but yeah they've got like 20 something locations man i miss the little guys you know it's like marcus and chris are folks you'd see you know chris is a fellow wichita falls native oh i'm sorry sorry to hear that chris <laughs> no shout out to wichita he, he graduated the year before my freshman year at the same high school oh, okay wow yeah, yeah. Wow. And Jana was a senior. Uh, the, my freshman year, Jana was a senior. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, small world, Wichita. I yeah. guess that's Tex our, Bosley also. That's our uh, farm team is Wichita. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, in a lot of ways. The, the dance uh, There are a team. lot of wayward Wichitans in Denton. Yeah. Like Tex Bosley was in jazz band with me and Brad Steiger. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Man, Tex. Miss Tex. So many people you just only see at Dan's, and now I know it's been since like March. It's the Dan's so, family, it's, yeah, it's jacked crazy. up, man. Like it's horrible. We talk about it a lot, but the last uh, the last time that any of us spent any real time together that was normal was at the Bender. Yep. Oh man, I am. We're we're going this year. Like, oh yeah. But what, like Brewster County is that what it is? Brewster mm-hmm. County. They've got like two cases out there. That's it. Yeah, they're good. So, well, I mean, us being there would be like they might have two cases, but the thing is, like, those people are like three hundred miles apart. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They they may not let us come in. They're like, wait, you're from where? Yeah, but I'm. You know, people booked their rooms last year. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, we're doing it. I'm I'm going. I'm going to go. Whether. I don't know that if there's going to be an official bender this year or not, but or next year, I guess technically. But I mean, is it ever official? I guess kind of. It, it's kind of sure. A, yeah. I mean, you buy your tickets through pre Kindle and everything. Yeah, so. that's right. I figured that was just someone put tickets for sale, and it's like <laughs> no, no one takes your ticket though. You I know? think I usually just give Dan some cash. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the same. Like here, Dan. Here's eighty bucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, so much fun. I'm I'm definitely going. I'm actually trying to go to Big Bend and like two weekends uh we moved and Alyssa was like i got her family her mom uh is coming in with some furniture and stuff gonna say there's like a three-day weekend and she's like if you need to get out and go be in the wilderness for a while like have fun she's awesome like that so i was like i think that's I'm cool go and they just opened some campsites up uh so i think i'm gonna head out there so you're going you're going to the park yeah, I'll probably do the OML again, maybe opposite direction. Yeah, man, um, I really want to do yeah. that. Uh, come on, <laughs> you ain't got nothing. Don't to tempt do. me. Three day weekend. That man. sounds like fun. I'll be awesome. Yeah, 
Maybe if I, I do it, I'm saying it now, so now I have to do it. So I've been on the fence, but I'm going, like, man, I'm going uh weekend after next. Of course, this is gonna be a work trip, but it'll be a fun work trip. I'm going to my my happy place, oh, northwest cool. Arkansas. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's uh what's that trail up there? Um the the uh Ozark Highlands trail. Yeah, yeah. That one's definitely on my list. Yeah. So um, where are you going specifically though? I'm going to uh Rogers Bentonville. Yeah. You know, Walmart land. Have you been to the glass? What is oh, it? Oh, Crystal called? Bridges. Crystal, I've been there yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's amazing. It's really cool. I'm, I'll probably, if I have time, I'll try to go through there and check it out. There's yeah. always something cool there. Um, yeah. They, uh, they've got this crazy, so there's a whole like set of nature trails surrounding the museum. And uh, they've got this whole nightlight thing going on right now yeah where it's like sculptures with like all kinds of crazy lights and stuff oh cool like outdoor installation Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh there's a whole section of a permanent collection of chihuly glass right outside of the museum what is that chihuly dale chihuly who's familiar with he's he's a pretty famous artist that he's a contemporary artist that his stuff is all like blown glass he does these crazy elaborate blown glass sculptures that oh wow that are i mean fascinating like uh, the largest permanent collection in the world is in Oklahoma city of all places. Hmm. And the foyer of the museum where, where this collection is, there's a like 30 or 40 foot tall blown glass sculpture. That's like thousands of individual pieces of blown glass. That's all put together in this wow. giant, you know, massive. Yeah. You should check his stuff out. It's amazing, man. How do you spell it? Chihuly C H I L U wait C H I uh C H I H U L Y yeah Chihuly yeah Chihuly Chihuly gardening glass yeah man I'm gonna check that out it's cool stuff that's awesome so are you going there uh with uh the wife uh, I don't think she's going to be able to make it this time, oh. uh, which it wouldn't be very fun for her anyway, because I'm going to be working most of the time that I'm there doing demos of the bikes Cool uh, with uh, with a shop that, you know, I, I used to be a sales rep for in, in the bike industry for a wholesaler. And uh, it's an old customer of mine that I have a good relationship with and reached out to him and said, hey, uh, you think we could sell these bikes in Bentonville? And he was like, heck, yeah, bring them up. So what bikes? Uh, bunch bike. Yeah. Cargo bikes. The yeah. Bunch bikes. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I've got two bunch bike interviews. I know. In a row. Yeah. I listened to, I listened to your, your interview with Aaron the other day. It was good. How cool is that guy? He's pretty awesome. He's one of my favorite people. He's great to work with too. I, it's, it's really fun working with Aaron cause it's every day is a new day. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not the same thing every day. Like we're constantly sitting down and having conversations and like, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. Or, you know, like we're always planning and plotting together and yeah, I freaking love it. Oh, that's so cool. It's fun, man. I've known him. Uh, I think I kind of told this story in the podcast, but it's like, I saw a post like Kevin Rohn posted a picture of the bike, Mm -hmm. the bunch bike, which is a cargo bike. I think I described it as like a, like a big bike with a, with a bucket for little humans in the front of it Mm -hmm. or something. And I reached out and was like, man, I don't know what you're doing, but it's cool. And let me know if I can help. Like, yeah. I don't know, 
you just seem cool. And, you know, sure enough, we uh, found him some space, got some warehouse, and then got him some more warehouse. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome guy. S- such a great entrepreneur. How long have you worked up there? So I just started full time in late July, I guess, like mid mid to late July. Yeah. So, just a couple months, but and what do you do there? Are you doing you're uh, demoing your customer service and sales? Kind of a sales guy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you plan? You were like, I want to go to Bentonville. Called your old contact. Well, I mean, I think that's. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons that Aaron yeah. hired me because he saw you knew. You know, people. I know a lot of people in the industry, and I've you know been in the industry for a long time, and that's awesome. So, um, you know, I understand how the industry works too. Uh, you know, from the business to business side of things. And also from like working in dealers, you know, working for dealers, you know, um, for bike shops. Yeah. Uh, I know what it's like being on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So what's it like, uh, right now it's great. Yeah. You People know, it's want a little like anxiety inducing, but it's great. Yeah. Um, there are times when it's not so fun. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks that working at a bike shop's got to be fun all the time, right? But yeah. Whenever you know, you've had a record slump in sales for 2 years in a row and it's preseason time and it's time to place your order for bikes for the next, you know, they come in in August and they want you to place orders for bikes for the next spring. Yeah. And you're looking at like how you're going to keep a roof over your head. Yeah. It's not so fun. Oh man. Hey, so <laughs> I gotta that's get, not what's going on right now. I got to get this phone call. Uh, sure. Alyssa lost her phone at Kroger. So let's, oh, let's no. see what's going on. Hey, what's up, Alyssa? Hi, this is Kroger. Oh, this is Kroger. Yes. Oh, so you found uh, Alyssa's phone. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I, so she's been texting me. Can I send her back to the store to go get it? Um, okay. I'll, I'll let her know. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, that worked out. That's awesome. (laughs) Let's see. Let me text her real quick. (laughs) Was that cheese Kroger or murder Kroger? Um, this would be golly. What's the one on two eighty eight? I forget. That's cheese Kroger. Cheese it's cheese Kroger. Oh yeah, yeah, fancy Kroger is okay. Yeah, yeah, cheese Kroger. It's at the service desk. Sorry, I never that's do awesome. that. Yeah, I never do that. I apologize. Oh, that's all right. She's been on a couple of my podcasts inadvertently. So, <laughs> all right, you gotta go get it. There we go. All is well. Yeah, she said she lost her phone, and then she was calling. I was like, wait a minute. How is she calling? Yeah, that's interesting. Then I put it together. Man, I wish we could go get drinks somewhere. And I'm like, let's go to Greenhouse. It's like Gray Bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we went there. Yeah, they have good cocktails there, too. Yeah, and you can get uh, Cafe Loco. And if you don't want to sit inside, take it over to Greenhouse and sit on the Mm -hmm. patio and eat it. Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. I think he has a great. Oh, and also Juicy Pig. Yeah. Like all the Ken Curran stuff. Cause he's, he, he was so particular about you know, like the protocols mm-hmm. and, you know, th- th- trying to think like, how can we do this better? How can we be cleaner? How can we be safer? Yep. 
And I was like, that's who I want to buy food from. Like, I feel safe. Yeah, absolutely. I, in fact, uh, the day that the podcast aired, the episode that he was on, uh, Brendan and I got dinner from Greenhouse. And I texted him and was like, great experience. Yeah. You know, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And I think we got groceries from there once as well. And then, you know, we've done Chestnut Tree and gotten groceries from Chestnut Tree. Mm -hmm. That place is great. Yeah. Shout out to Chestnut Tree. Yeah. We got groceries from them a couple of times and yeah, a couple yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, both of those businesses also have been very supportive of DMAC. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you're president of DMAC. I am. Yeah. Yes. El Presidente. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so what, so let's talk about DMAC for a little bit. Sure. It's the Denton Music and Art Collaborative. Music and Art Collaborative. How did it come about? Uh, well, um, basically, a few years back, there was, uh, there was this very well-meaning um, young man who I think was part of the 1919 Hemp Hill Collective out in Fort Worth who uh, he booked out the Patterson-Appleton Art Center for what he called a music town hall. I remember that, yeah. Because yeah. it was like uh, venues were shutting down, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it was right around the time that like Rubber Gloves had, you know, had just closed. Haley's closed before that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think I J&J's had just about. announced that they, were, yeah. uh, that they were shutting down the old dirty basement. Yeah. Um, so everybody was like, it man. seemed like, oh man, all these venues, everybody's Haley's waiting for the was other not shoe a big to drop. loss. Let's be honest. Well, <laughs> it, especially, I mean, not towards the end for sure. Like uh, I, I miss Haley's during their heyday. You know what I mean? I saw you. some amazing shows at Haley's <laughs> man. And have you been into game changers? I've been in there once and I, I was like, not. I can't, I can't, can't enjoy myself. Here. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't, nothing I haven't against, been in there. Nothing right. against what they yeah, got going just on. Different. Yeah. It's just different. It's yeah. like, man, I like lived eight years of my life, like standing right here, running sound and right. You know, paying bands out at the end of the night. Yeah. And, oh, yeah I, I always, can't, I can't take I it. I will say I always felt like, uh, the, um, the mix board and the stage were in the wrong place at Haley's. Yeah, uh, yeah, they probably should have been faced like cocked ninety degrees, right? That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah, like oh, I felt totally. like the yeah. stage should have been where that bar that they never used was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then the mix board should have been like basically, you know, when you walked in the door to the right, there was that big partition. Yep, mix board should have been right against. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, no, I thought that endlessly. If when I showed up and they were like, "Hey, can you help us like swing the hammer?" The stage was already built, and I was like. Oh, okay, like we'll, we'll do the yeah. best we can with it. It's interesting. Cause it's like, it's a big shotgun, right? So like, yeah. why would you not point the speakers where they're, they've got the longest wavelength. Yep. Yeah. Instead um, of the shortest wavelength. Yeah. There yeah. were <laughs> a lot of misadventures over there. Yeah. But um, it was a cool venue. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw Ted Leo on the pharmacist there. That was yeah. an amazing show. That's I saw fun. arcade uh, fire. I saw the Pernice brothers there. That was Pern a great Oh show. man. What a good band. Yeah. Man. Um, but yeah, so music town hall. Yeah. Hemp Hill, um, the 1919 Hemp Hill guy. Yeah. And, and that was, was like a DIY venue down in uh, mm -hmm. Fort Worth. Yeah. I never yeah. went. I, I missed it. I don't think I ever caught a show there either. Yeah. Nice guy um, though. I remember yeah, he was yeah. re real active on the board. And I think and, he was, 
he was he was absolutely well intentioned with with the music town hall, and I think very quickly like so I was there and a bunch of my but there were like thirty people on the panel. There were a lot of people <laughs> on the panel, um, and yeah, and I their it was kind of their viewpoints mess. were pretty yeah um, their viewpoints were pretty broad, which is great. <laughs> but um, I mean, you had it sort of very quickly the conversation <laughs> yeah, devolved it did into yeah. um let's throw as many people on this bonfire of of blame as yeah, we who possibly can we blame can. Yeah, yeah i was like this is not i sat and, in the back I mean, and was just like oh yeah i think i remember looking over at you and you and i were just kind of like oof you know oh, like freaking mess um and some of the panelists i think were completely inebriated at least one of them was <laughs> 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 yeah, we're thinking of the same person. <laughs> oh man! So the thing that I thought was um, that I was most amused and also concerned by was I heard people call out Sparky Pearson and Midlake, and basically like almost in the same breath trying to blame them for all the problems in Denton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. The funny the thing problem, is like yeah. Sparky Pearson was there and he sat there very quietly and unassumedly and like took all the, you know, everything that everybody was throwing and he just kind of listened. And I wondered, you know, I think I even may have looked over at you and said, do you, do you think uh, anybody realizes that Sparky's sitting right over there? Yeah. You just ask him wh- yeah. what's, yeah. what's the deal. And I mean, so was McKenzie was there with his kid. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember um, that. yeah. And Eric Polito was there. And, yeah. you know, um, it's like, it's, it was a circular firing line. Yeah. You know? And I, I kind of, in my head, I was like, man, so this is what these guys get for trying to do something, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to do something cool in town. Yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. So anyway, well intentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, uh, Wally Campbell and Andy Napick, the three of us were there. And afterwards, you know, Wally and I talked a good bit. And then Andy Napick and I talked a whole lot. Like, mm-hmm. And we'd already sort of, so the three of us were involved in 35 Denton along with a good chunk of our current board of directors. Um. And, you know, we were all on the board of directors for 35 and we'd been talking for a while about like, you know, 35 never could make any money. Right. And every year at the end of the festival, when we're like, okay, well, we almost broke even. We'd be like, man, if we were a nonprofit, this would be a totally different deal, you know? And so then the town hall happened and Napik and I started talking and we were like, maybe we should just stop talking about it and start a nonprofit, you know? And somebody had mentioned in that town hall meeting, a, a few people had mentioned ham, the health Alliance for Austin musicians. Yeah. And, and, and explain what that does. So they, yeah. um, they provide health insurance for musicians in in Austin. And basically all you have to do is be a musician and you qualify. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we were like, maybe that should be our angle. So let's focus on that. 
And so first we started reaching out to some of our, you know, fellow 35ers, uh, Wally Campbell and Matt Mars and uh, Andy Fulmer and Andy Odom and, you know, a lot of the folks that, that we had worked with uh, in 35. And we had a big meeting at my house and it was like a potluck and we were all sat around the table talking and we kind of pitched this idea that Andy and I had formulated and we threw it out and we we're like, what do you guys think? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And we're like, okay, cool. So that was sort of the beginning. It's like, all right, we're going to do this. And that would have been, I think that was February of 2017. And then, uh, we had another meeting a couple weeks later and decided to have, we were like, well, if we're going to do this, if we're going to go through the motions of getting a 501 C three and all that kind of stuff. We're going to have to have a board. So we had board elections, uh, and everybody ended up nominating me for president. And, uh, so I ended up being president. Andy was vice president. And, uh, so we went from there kind of got everything drawn up and did you guys have any idea how insurance worked at the time? <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm I mean, thinking, I would have like, to it, the extent it's a great idea, but it's like, wait a minute. Like we, we, we wanted, I wasn't there, but like, it's like, we want to do this, but yeah. How, do, how does insurance work exactly? Well, and that was definitely, that was definitely the next, the next big hurdle was like, yeah. okay, how the hell are we going to do this? Yeah. Like yeah. how does this work? So, um, we figured out what we wanted to do and what we were going to do. And so then we, we contacted, uh, Rini and Rachel at ham and we were like, Hey, we want to do this thing that you're doing, but we want to do it in Denton. And they were super helpful, super excited about us wanting to do yeah. that. Don't reinvent and the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, this is how we, this is how we do it. And so yeah. what they do, um, and what we do is we, uh, get people to sign up through ACA. And if you qualify for federal subsidy through the ACA, which let's face it, pretty much every full-time musician and artist is going to, mm -hmm. because unfortunately they're well below the, uh, the income <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you qualify for the federal ACA and 51% or more of your income is from your art, then you qualify for a subsidy through DMAC. Awesome. So that's how we got it started. And then of course we had to ask for money. And so we threw some big kickoff events and, you know, just everything kind of snowballed from there. So the first year we started in 2017, we got our 501 C three in June of 2017. We set a goal for ourselves that by open enrollment of 2018, which would have been a year and almost a year and a half from mm -hmm. the day that we got our 501. Uh, we set a goal for 15 people to be enrolled by the open enrollment of 2018. And we got, I think we got almost that many in open enrollment of 2017. Mm -hmm. So then we were like, okay, we're going to set a goal for 20 for, open enrollment 2018 now. And then we ended up with 
at the end of the year, we ended up with like 20, I think it was like 24 people. Mm -hmm. Um, We, at one point we were almost at 30, but we had, you know, there's some attrition. There's some folks that what we call graduate, like they get a job that, you know, that, that pays for their health insurance. So they no longer have to get assistance. Um, so we, we lost a few members and we ended up at like 24 at the close of, of the year. And so we set a goal for 40 for open enrollment of 2019 and ended up with 75. Mm. So it's wildly successful. (laughs) It's wildly successful and wildly anxiety inducing. Yeah. (laughs) Especially once COVID hit. Cause we were like, okay, we're already, you know, way behind the eight ball here. Mm -hmm. You know, we're at this point. So almost invariably it has averaged out to be about a hundred dollars per member. You know, there's some that are significantly less or some that is significantly more, but generally we're spending on a monthly basis about a hundred dollars per member in subsidies. Mm-hmm. So how does it work exactly? Like explain to me, like I'm five, the, uh, they enroll, mm-hmm. but they also apply for the ACA. Yeah. So they, they enroll okay. in the ACA and, and, and they get that. Right. And once they get that, are you like matching funds so we uh, we have a formula that i think we're probably going to reevaluate and restructure the formula for next year because it's kind of confusing now okay um but we for an individual will pay up to a hundred dollars a month um so if your if your subsidy is or if your payment if your premium is less than a hundred dollars a month we pay all of it okay Less the if it's up to a hundred dollars a month, we pay all of it. Um, and we we paid up to a hundred and fifty dollars if it was over, you know, a hundred and fifty dollars. Basically, we paid up to a hundred and fifty dollars. The idea was we didn't want somebody to take crappy insurance just because it was less than a hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to like go for the good one, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, we still had quite a few people that could get like the best insurance option and it was well under a hundred dollars a month. Really? Yeah. How's that? Because the subsidy is that good in some cases, the federal subsidy. Oh man. Yeah. That's amazing. Dude. I mean, there was, there was a point until very, very recently until I started working for bunch. I mean, I was uninsured, which is ironic. Um, and, uh, the, the folks that we were helping mm-hmm. that we were subsidizing had better health insurance than I could afford. Yeah. I mean, that's you know? where I'm at. I have the worst health insurance on the planet and it costs me an arm, arm and leg. It's like if I get hit by a falling piano insurance, whatever right. that is. Totally. Yeah. Like uh, right. catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing else. Super and, high deductible. Yeah. Yeah. And like it. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So, and I got it really because it's like, well, uh, I, you know, have a kid. Mm-hmm. Kiddo needs me not to, you know, no one needs to go bankrupt if I get hit by the falling piano. Right. Know, that's it. That's all. And I'm paying out the tail for that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. The insurance industry is super screwed up. 
Yeah. Do you, um, do you guys follow like how it's going to change or be affected? I mean, what's kind of the, the, the usually feeling of we how don't, it's going to go? We don't hear a lot until right before open enrollment. Things don't usually, there's uh, a lot of like, gotcha. there's a lot of, you'll see little like murmurs and, and yeah. whispers about changes, Yeah, but nothing's really for sure until open enrollment hits. Why is it so bad? Cause I remember like in the eighties, I had horrible asthma, mm-hmm. uh, moved to spring, Texas, dad worked for compact computer. Um, and we, uh, had incredible insurance. It just came with the job. Mm-hmm. And I was, I mean, we all had incredible insurance, rarely paid for prescriptions. I mean, I was in the doctor all the time. I was in the hospital, uh, had really bad asthma. And, uh, so it worked at one point. But then it, what happened? Man, it, your guess is as good as mine. It on just, that. why can't I, we I do know. what we did then? Like we broke something that was fixed. How did we break it? I think. I mean, if it worked at one point, it would follow that we know how to make it work. It worked right. at one point and now it's horrible. And so I go home for uh, Thanksgiving or whatever. And my parents <laughs> are like getting after me for not going to the doctor. And I'm like can't afford to unless oh, i'm dying and, dude, and, and, trust me and when i do go to the doctor i i show up and i pay cash and they love me for it mm-hmm. and that's the only way it works for me and they're like sure. oh what about your insurance and i'm like guys tell me what you guys pay for insurance right and it's like nothing <laughs> yeah and they get like everything it's like the works man and i'm uh, like i don't get that y'all don't y'all can't understand how bad you've screwed everybody else <laughs> you know like, i had so um the last uh, full-time job that I had uh, was with a company based in California. And I had the best health insurance I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And it was a Blue Cross Blue Shield policy that was based in California. Right? Yeah. I paid nothing. Yeah. I literally paid nothing for it. it there were it, other options that I could have paid for, but that was the best plan that was available. How did that work? It it just came with the job. You have no idea. It makes no sense. Someone like I had a choice. There was a menu of plans that I could choose from. And I looked at, I looked at this blue cross blue shield of California gold plan. And I was like, man, that's the best plan on here. And I don't have to pay anything out of a paycheck for it. Yeah. Why would I not pick this one? (laughs) Yeah. I think the way it works is if you're old, it's awesome. And sure. the people who are old are the ones forming policy. Yeah. And they don't care because it works for them. Are you saying I'm old, Glenn? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, I mean. I think I'm only a few months older than you are. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> I feel, oh my gosh, I feel ancient right yeah, now. Yeah, same here. Talking I've got this thing insurance. going on with my knee that I can't quite understand. Oh, um, man. Uh, and my shoulders, too. That's what I'm, oh, man. Yeah, you're you're in for it. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about, but that's what keeps me. Uh, I, I'm doing the the running and the to yeah, you know. Get I think me. that's what I, I need to get back on the bike. Yeah, I need to start. I I gotta get myself moving again. I have been doing some hiking and stuff like that. Dude, but it's COVID. Everyone's doing it. Getting yeah. outside again. Yeah, that's right. Man, I know. Yeah, the insurance thing is just. It's a weird world. The insurance. It's so frustrating, mm-hmm. and no one wants to do anything about it except uh you know 
do away with all of it or you know like that's coming up yeah uh you know we're, we're supposed to have the best insurance we've ever seen it was tremendous mm-hmm. insurance we're supposed to have that um yeah yeah it's well very the only thing that i saw that was changing on that was that the excuse me the uh the whole pre-existing condition clause was uh was going to be allowed to to return which is i think that's one of the most terrible things that insurance companies can be allowed to do it doesn't make any sense it's like their job their bottom line is reliant on them weaseling out of paying yeah, for absolutely. whatever they can absolutely and that's and that the easiest them, way to allow them to do it that gives gives them like a just blank check well i can tell you so at one point um and i think i had i had blue cross at this point uh i had been diagnosed with asthma um this was before they got rid of pre-existing condition clauses before they made it illegal basically yeah and uh i got diagnosed with asthma had never been diagnosed with it before this was as an adult and ended up being told that uh my insurance wasn't going to cover my inhaler or my doctor visit because it was a pre-existing condition because i'd had lung surgery a few years before (laughs) huh so that disqualifies yeah 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 they shouldn't have to pay for that because yeah it's something having to do with your lungs Mm -hmm. it's such a scam how how do you fix it nick tell us (laughs) tell us how you fix it uh i'll tell you what i think but i'm gonna get labeled some of your listeners are gonna label me as a as a commie or something like that but probably not honestly we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't have a universal healthcare system mm-hmm. and it seems to work really well in other countries. I know people have their complaints, but I think most of the people that complain are kind of outliers, honestly. Um, and in most cases they have the option of using a, a private provider if yeah. they want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that we can't, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. It's frustrating. Yeah. Cause it works other places. Other, other countries right. figured it out right? and it works fine. It works fine. They're no it may not be perfect, yeah. but it's, it's better than, it's better than, you know, going bankrupt because you can't afford a hospital bill. Yeah. And that's the saddest part of being an American right now is like, if something bad happens to you, it's like, screw you. That's on you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's on you. Well, and I think, you know, going back to why we did what we did with DMAC is, you know, we've got these musicians and artists that are contributing significantly to what makes Denton a place that people love. Yeah. Right. But those people, those musicians and artists, when it comes down to it, like when something happens, there's no safety net for them, you know? And so, we need to we need to be taking care of the people that are weaving the fabric of our culture. Yeah. You know. And the music industry is an economic driver of Denton. Absolutely. Pe- people don't realize that. Mhm. 
and it and those are the people who can't afford to uh live yeah well i mean in art as well because we we cover we cover artists you know visual artists and performing artists and i mean that's a big part of denton too you know i mean uh we're mural city right mural city that's (laughs) right (laughs) oh that's a fun story yeah Well, what's next for DMAC? I mean, uh, COVID probably changed a bunch of stuff for you guys. Probably made it we've, difficult to raise money. In a lot of ways, we've been, you know, from a from a fundraising perspective, we've been kind of living month to month this year. Yeah. You know, um, we've managed to survive, and I think we're going to make it through this year. Oh, good. Um, but, I mean, you know, we're always checking the bank account and seeing how much how much is left in the tank, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Cause we're spending about, you know, I said earlier, we're at 75 or so members. We're spending about $7,500 a month on benefits are there for, any, for our members. So are there any like state or federal grants you can apply for? Absolutely. The, and we are applying for those, but we just in this past June, that was our three year mark, which made us eligible to apply for grants. Right. You have to show your you have to prove that you survive. You can yeah. survive three years basically before most grantors are going to even consider giving you a grant. Got to open your books and all that. And the other thing is that this is something I've always said that the city should get behind. The city should write you a check. Oh, the city has written us checks. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, big checks or little checks? I mean, every check is a big check. They could Glenn. be bigger. For us, every check is a big <laughs> check. <laughs> Well, that's um, awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, the that's fantastic. City Council has, on on multiple occasions, you know, they've they've uh, approved contingency funds for us, and you know, oh, like uh, every council person has a uh, yes, they have like fifteen hundred bucks they can throw mm-hmm. yep. at something. So uh, you may or may not know this, but the uh, county commissioners have a fund also, but it's a lot bigger that they yes. can just throw money at. Yeah. Um, I think you actually told me about that a couple months ago. Yeah. Call them up. Um, I, I do need to reach out to them. So yeah. right now Free I just money. formed a, a grant writing committee that um, I am, I guess I'm the chairperson of our grant writing committee and we've got some awesome people on, on our committee. Um, and we just finished uh, filling out and filing a grant uh, application with uh, United Way of Metro Dallas. Um, it's a CARES Act grant. Okay, awesome. So yeah, and I think United Way Denton County also has some, some yeah some programs. Yeah, they should have something as well. That um, and we're looking at one right now that um, Sound Diplomacy is doing, and it's a it's a music related uh, music specific grant that is also part of the CARES Act. That's awesome. And uh Denton Benefit League is another one. Yeah. Uh, uh and that's that definitely has been discussed in our in our subcommittee. Yeah, I think so. Suzanne is involved over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, talk to her. Yeah, I should. Get the inside track. Yeah, that's the thing is like uh man, we we had a uh our big fundraiser at Rotary is we buy laptops for uh, seniors who qualify and do all the things and apply mm-hmm. to college and get in and apply to scholarships and we raised money for laptops and it was tough. Our fundraiser was like the week before the shutdown. And typically we have the fundraiser, which just gets a lot of attention. And then we collect money for the next couple of weeks from people who were like, Oh, that's a great idea. I want to 
Oh man, it was, I mean, it was crickets. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a really, really rough year for asking people yeah. for money because there's so much uncertainty in the air. You know, my phone didn't ring for 90 days. Man, you know, I didn't know what my, I was doing. My phone barely rang except for, you know, people calling me, telling me the sky was falling. This is weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, man, I, I hope, would, I, I guess it was happen, uh, late April. I was literally, you know, we we all sat down in a meeting, you know, the DMAC board, we sat down in a meeting and everybody was like, so what are we going to do? And yeah, I said, you know, a few of us kind of all talked about it and we kind of came up with the idea that like, let's just go through our list of members and split them up and we'll each take a chunk and we're going to call them and tell them, hey, here's the deal. We don't know how long we're going to have money to cover you guys. So we need you to reach out to your friends, your loved ones, your family members, and ask them to donate to DMAC. And, you know, if they can, (laughs) if they can ask them, ask them to be recurring donors, Yeah, you know, and we actually ended up getting a pretty good spike in recurring donorships uh, through that. So if somebody wants to make a uh, donation, where where can they go? Our website is dmacdenton.org. So they can go to the website. There's a donate button right there on the front page and they can click on that and they can do a one-time or recurring donation. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Got a good website here. Also, I like it. We have a thing going right now. We've got a partnership with Armadillo Ale Works. Uh, you know, they've been doing that last ditch drive-in concert series yeah. on Saturdays. They're doing Thursday ones now. And all of the proceeds for the Thursday shows are going to DMAC as well. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So everybody go go out. Yeah. Yeah. Support Bobby and, uh, and support DMAC at the same time and see some great shows. Tomorrow night is going to be the birds of night. Man, they're good. They are. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. They've been around for a while too. I'm going to be there for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. How do you think we get out of all this? I mean, does it ever get back to normal? Is it ever normal? I don't think everything, I don't think anything's going to be normal, like normal, like it was before for a while. I'm not going to say it. I don't think it's going to be like, we're going to be dealing with this and this is how things are going to be forever. But I think it's going to be a while. I think it's going to be longer than everybody's, you know, anticipating. Yeah. You know, people around, I'll say people in my circles, (laughs) The big joke is oh, it's all over, you know, November 4th. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it's going to go. Mm-mm. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen what the scientists have been saying about it. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be here for a while. And yeah, and we, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very frustrating because it obviously didn't have to be this way. Right. Um, yeah. And it, the, and it wasn't the, even like it was going to take a whole lot. It, it, it's not like everybody was being asked to sacrifice everything yeah. for us to, to have a little, have things be better. Yeah. It was, it was in comparison to what we're dealing with and what we're seeing happening. It was a pretty small sacrifice that we were asking everybody to make. All we had to do was follow the rules for like yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing about it is I've said this before, you know, downtown, everything shuts down. It's a ghost town. You know, people are like, I don't know if I can pay rent. All these mom and pop shops are on the ropes. Well, uh, went somewhere and drove by Home Depot 
mm-hmm. line out the freaking door. And yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. What do we... I thought we were... I thought I we were trying to shut down. I know. Nope. Yeah. Uh, apparently, only if you if you only owned your business and weren't a corporation, right? Or, or I guess then you had to shut down and uh, yeah, worry I think, about paying. Rent. I think that's the thing too. Is um, and this is on both sides of the spectrum politically. You have a lot of politics po- politicians that that they it garners them a lot of votes to talk about how they support small business people but when it really comes down to brass tacks most of them aren't really doing that great of a job supporting yeah. small business owners well there's there's also you know um something i've been reading about is you know why the supreme court is so important right now is because our legislators don't legislate anymore they don't want to pass anything they want to kick it up mm-hmm to, yeah. to the Supreme Court. It's and, way, and make it's way easier to punt and say, well, the Supreme yeah. Court made the decision for us, yeah. you know, and, and I was reading somewhere back in the day, uh, and these seats used to have offices with, that were fully staffed with like government staffers. And, uh, what was it? It was, uh, how things work about lobbyists mm-hmm. and how the, how lobbyists like came to be. It was like in the seventies and eighties, they started uh, cutting budgets for, you know, to rein in, you know, spending. And they cut out the ability for a person in Congress to have a staff to research these things and bring back good information. So that's where the lobbies came from. They just like, uh, like privatized mm-hmm. that part of the government into these people who were, they're the expert uh, opinions in like these certain things. And, but they get paid by the industries to bring it to the Congress people because right. they can't afford a staff anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's maddening. So yeah, something about this isn't working. There are, there are examples is. of where public private partnerships are a great thing, but that's not one that I feel like is a, is a great example. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, there's so many things, I mean, like insurance that it used to work better mm-hmm. and now it's broken, but like we knew how to do it right. somehow we screwed it up. Let's just look at what we were doing and go back to that and not call anyone a communist for it. And sure. Just be patriotic for it, for, for fixing a problem for once, you know? Well, you know, a thing that I keep going back to is like the WPA, the works progress administration. Communist. <laughs> yeah. We have I mean, think of, about yeah. all the things that, yeah, that the they tomato did. bowl and <laughs> Jefferson or yeah. what not, Jacksonville. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the, uh, all of our little, uh, creeks and drainage mm-hmm. ditches. The down flumes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all protected WPA projects. You know? yeah. yeah. And I mean, um, the, uh, the restoration work that was done on the missions in San Antonio that was done through the WPA. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, work that was done in national parks and national historic, uh, yeah. you know, uh, landmarks that was done by the WPA, you know, and it was a way to give people jobs and, you know, get the country back on track. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm yeah. surprised you don't have all the answers, Nick. I'm sorry that I don't have all the answers. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm too busy wading through, uh, you know, putting out fires to, to, to think of any answers. 
<laughs> so, so the next events are the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it. I think for the foreseeable future, those are the the only events that we're going to be able to do. You gotcha. Know? We've got some other ideas that we're kicking around, but um, originally what we were talking about doing was doing a, a one-off, uh, like a car wash at Armadillo, and then. Um, you know, Bruce was Bruce Burns, who's our vice president. He was talking to Bobby and they were kind of planning it all out. And Bobby was, I think Bobby was kind of like, why don't you guys just do a Thursday regular concert series instead? Yeah. You know, pass the bucket, pass the hat. Mm-hmm. So it's such a good idea. Yeah. That's awesome. It's going to be fun. Every Thursday. Bruce, yep. Bruce is awesome. Yeah, he is. I love Bruce. Bruce is a good friend, and good I'm, I'm glad to have him on the board with DMAC. You know what's funny? I'm, I think I met him for the first time in Marathon, mm-hmm. I think. It was some weird, some weird thing. Like, we've been in the same orbit for so long, we just never actually met each other or something. Was, was that the year that your, uh, your tent blew halfway across the <laughs> campground? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> That Sorry. Tent, that Sorry. T- taught us all a <laughs> thing or two about life. And it was funny because I remember seeing the tent like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, sailing across. It sort of just went around the park. Like we, yeah. we would we would see it fly by, and one of us would like try yeah. to like lash it to a structure to keep it from flying away because yeah. we didn't know whose tent yeah. it was. You know, whose damn tent is this? And uh, and then at one point, I think um, oh, that poor guy that worked there. Every time I see him, I'm like, that's the guy. Oh, I feel so bad. Yeah, he had to chase I my tent. Who, all day. Uh, somebody and I like we finally we it back to where we thought it originally was <laughs> and like grab some rocks and put them inside of it to keep it from blowing away it still blew away probably though. i think it did because because when then, i found and it and then when you got there to a bathroom, somebody was like a somebody was party. like dude that was glenn's tent and i <laughs> so that i had to come up and be like hey mr eagle scout you forgot to bring steaks uh, <laughs> no so what i did was we woke me and chip woke up early like like 5 a.m and uh no it so we got in at like 2 a.m oh yeah slept on the ground didn't even set up tents just like slept right there and then before we left at like 5 a.m to go into the park and hike all day Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna i'll set up the tent real quick i'll throw a stake in the ground and throw my stuff in there it'll be fun like like a single stake was my because it was still as Anything. I mean, it was like sure. no breathe. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Well, the wind picked up to about like 40 or 50 miles an hour that <laughs> it day. It was really windy that day. And I get a text message from Monty, I think. <laughs> it was a picture of him holding my tent while it was also duct taped to an outhouse. <laughs> and I was like, you got to... What happened? <laughs> I guess it, and I thought it, and it was close to where I set it up. I was like, oh, it must have like just blown and gotten wedged under the thing or something. Yeah. So, but then I get here, we pull up, open the car door, and someone walking by is like, dude, your tent was like all over the place all day, <laughs> just blowing around. <laughs> and so, but the fu- the most hilarious part about that is the whole weekend, 
So I, you know, everybody that saw me had to tell me the story of where they were <laughs> when, when they when, saw when my tent. Saw your tent. <laughs> I mean, dude, at one point your tent was like, it was against like somebody's RV on the other side of the park. You know, I mean, it was like, it was all over the place. I kept seeing it like, there's that damn tent again. (laughs) And I didn't know it was your tent until like right before you got back. I think Monty was the one that told me. He was like, yeah, that's Glenn's tent. Well, you know, it had all my stuff in it and it was all there. It was all in there. It was all fine. I still have that tent. It's awesome. Yeah. It, It had a couple of like small holes in it. I think I patched, but it's good to go. Man, that same year, like, uh. Mm, my friend that i rode up there with who i won't name just just to not embarrass him uh i i had warned him i was like it gets pretty windy out there so i wouldn't bring a really big tent you know like i've got this (laughs) you know i always say like if they say it's a four-person tent it's really a two-person tent you can like split split it in half you know and so i was like i've got this four-person tent and that's like absolutely as big as i would possibly bring out there yeah. you know and uh my friend was like oh no way that's too small you know i've got like this six person tent i'm just gonna bring yeah. that it's great i bring it to kerrville you know no problems and i was like <laughs> kerrville's a little different but yeah. that's fine yeah you're up on the high plains up in marathon and sure enough the first night like <laughs> he was like yeah his tent was like trying to blow over on him and he was like help me get my tent you know lashed down and i was like okay man i'll help you but i told you i told you so i love it up there it is (laughs) too man it is i have to i have to go there at least once a year yeah uh man i you know talking about that i'm gonna go home and reserve my campsites and yeah get all my my permits i gotta get out there i'm i'm thinking about so bruce is doing a oh i've never like a thanksgiving thing i haven't yet either um, he is he's doing thanksgiving out there yeah so there's a bunch uh, of folks that are going to go out there and camp out at his place his place is pretty i mean it's super primitive there's no water there's no there's a sun there's a sun shelter but there's no like dwelling at all that's all you need out there yeah um and then dan's is out there too yeah dan's place is a little bit more it's a little closer to civilization i've yeah. definitely i've been out to dan's place and that, mm-hmm. that place is awesome Man, I just love that part of the country. It's yeah. so it's not on the way to anything. Right. So you gotta be going like there yeah. to get there. And that's everybody that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um I love Alpine. Alpine is probably I love it's Marathon, a cool town, man. But Alpine is like a little more. It's put a cool together. town. Saul Ross is right there. What a beautiful yeah, campus. That is a really oh pretty gosh. campus. It's like weird that it's the way that some of the placement of some of the buildings, you're like, why'd they do that? But yeah, I'm glad they did, but it's like interesting you know yeah it's, um it's a magical place that i hope no one ever finds out about yeah everybody talks about marfa and marfa's all right but uh, i'm kind of i feel like you know we spent about 30 minutes there and we were like yeah we're done yeah it's like so overhyped yeah exactly it's like t- <laughs> this is how i described it take the take the most useless people of denton put them um, put them all in a desert town <laughs> well like all the all this like i'm not throwing servers under the bus at all but like take all the useless people of denton and uh and like th- those people in denton are also like in an awesome band 
or they code or they mm-hmm. do something awesome that contributes to society. Weed those people out and right. take the ones that are just useless <laughs> and put them in charge of everything. Give them their own town. <laughs> and it's called Marfa. <laughs> the place is awful. Yeah. Just useless. Yeah. Full of useless well, people. I, you know, to be totally honest, so this year at the Bender was my first time to go All to Marfa. All 10 of them are going to be I had never been to Marfa before before, uh, before this year. And, you know, we got there and I looked around and I was like, yeah, let's go back to Marathon. Because I like Marathon a lot more. Ooh, Marathon has way, way more, yeah. like, has way more charm and, and natural, like, yeah, real, you know, Yeah, Marfa's like atmosphere. this weird fake put on it's pink, like everything's been piped air. in yeah it's you know? so pointless yeah oh it makes my skin crawl <laughs> and and here's and also alpine is alpine is not like that alpine is a very yeah. unassuming earth, like yeah. super chill harry's tanaha that place is awesome i need to go there i've heard That's dan's favorite bar i've seen t-shirts yeah <laughs> I've, I've heard stories you I need to go there cash only so here's bring bring cash here's the other thing about marfa this is where i think it actually came from i think if you sucker people into coming to marfa to buy art it's so far out of the way and it's so hard to get to that people can't accept that they've been suckered <laughs> You're like, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, they like it's a cognitive dissonance. Like yeah. the 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 crazier the scam and the con to get them to go to this crap mm-hmm. town, the more they hang on to that belief. And so all these people hanging on to this belief that it's that there's actually something of value there. That's what formed the the idea of Marfa. Yeah, it's, it's a pointless town. That one hotel is kind of cool. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen cool hotels. I sure, mean, right. And I, I, again, run by. I'd much rather stay people. at the Gauge. Yeah. Oh, the Gauge is super cool. Yeah, that bar. What is it? The white. The white buffalo. Remember, well, I think it was me you and Andy went, mm-hmm. and I ordered you know my standard double whiskey to sip on, and it was like <laughs> half a pint glass. I yeah. Like, I was like, whoa, like <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be hit with like a fifty dollar bill. <laughs> I think we'd we'd already. Uh, They're like, no, that's a double around here. I'm like, dude. And we, I think we sweet. pregamed with one of my uh, one of my signature cocktails at the at the campsite. Oh, that's right. We walked. Over oh there. man, yeah, you were cooking the whole time and I was and making drinks. Good times. We are definitely going to do that again. I'm yeah. going no matter what. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go too. If, if marathon will let me camp there if the marathon motel and rv park will let me camp there mm-hmm. and a friend of mine wants to go and do the oml before like kind of the same thing i did last time like go a couple of days early uh do the oml and then go what's it the, like a four or five day deal uh, it took me two nights three okay. days yeah and but i i like ran through i was really stressed out about making it through the desert uh, so I like hoofed it. I didn't mm-hmm. realize how fast I did it, but I had one day uh, that I covered 18 miles and like 4,000 feet of elevation. Oh, wow. That was nuts. That's a, that's a hard hike. Yeah. With a pack. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. carrying water. That's a hard hike right there. It was, uh, it was fun though. I had a really good time, but the, the OML is it, it. I could see how it's hard and tricky. Um, uh, and on paper it seems a little easier than it really is but it's it's not really as big a deal as uh 
you know, you get on the forums and it's like, oh, Mel will eat your lunch. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the hardest thing. Well, from, from what fortitude. I've read, I think the people that, that say that are the ones that decided to go in like, you know, May. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, you know? And it can be beautiful up in the Chizos and he will die down in the desert. That's the thing that makes it hard is part of it is up in elevation. But the really hard, mentally tough part is down just in the desert. When you're fully exposed. Yeah, there's not a a branch that you can get under for shade. You're totally exposed for like... Even even in February. Yeah. uh, It's just just not as hot. Yeah, and people screw up on water and don't know how to find water. And, you know, you got to... You got to kind of know what you're doing, but Hey, I'm an Eagle Scout. So an Eagle Scout who can't stake his tent down. (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. You can trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, Nick, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Uh, check out dmacdenton.org. Become a recurring donor. We would appreciate that very much. All you got to do is click the button. Nick, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you. There you go, my friend and awesome dude, Nick Baggerpour. So good to hang out with him and catch up. And man, listening to that tent story gets me every time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.